Glory to God. I was talking to the Lord, and I said, Father, what do you want me to bring? And uh, I'm gonna, I have two particular passages in Scripture tonight that I want to bring, but it's about healing. Yeah. And, uh, you know, some of us have given up on our healing. Some of us have given up on our healing. But if you prevail, if you press in, God's got answers for you. Amen. Amen. You, can, you can get it all. Right. You can get it all. The word is for us to receive and change circumstances. Father, I thank you for the word tonight. I thank you, Lord. When we send the word, it delivers us. It heals us. It delivers us from destructions, Lord, that the enemy would have set for us. I thank you, Father, that as the congregation listens tonight, I thank you that you put your anointed thoughts in my thoughts, Lord, and your words upon my lips, Father, that answers would come to them regarding healing. And in any area, Father, you have your way of ministering to us, Lord. When healing is being preached, you could be speaking to someone else about something else. But, Father, we just want you to have your way. Whatever they need tonight, Lord, minister it in a strong and a precious way. In Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Go with me to Genesis 30, verse 28. Genesis 30, verse 28 is where we're going to start. This is the story of Jacob working underneath his father-in-law, Laban. And Laban was a really crooked man. It was an understatement. He was a sleazy character. If you read it, he was, he was treacherous with what he did. Um, and he was a deceitful person. And uh, the time's coming when Jacob has served his father-in-law for so many years and he asks his father-in-law, basically, I've, I've served you, but I've I got my own family to take care of. And uh, let's just read it. And he said, appoint me thy wages, and I will give it. This is Laban. And he said unto him, you know how I have served thee, and how thy cattle were with me. For it was little which thou had before I came. And it is now increased into a multitude. And the Lord has blessed you since my coming. And now, when shall I provide for my own house also? It's a wonderful thing when we come on the scene and you can actually see increase. It's uncontested. That's the kind of increase that should happen when we show up somewhere. Seriously. And he said, you had little when I came. Now there's multitudes. And so he's taking credit for it because of his God. And Laban said unto him, What shall I give thee? And Jacob said, Thou shalt not give me anything. If you will do this thing for me, I will again feed and keep thy flock. I will pass through all thy flock today, removing from you all the speckled and spotted cattle, and all the brown cattle among the sheep, and the spotted and speckled among the goats, and of such shall be my hire. So let me go into your flocks and basically remove what for many at that time seemed to be the imperfect speckled, spotted, and the brown ones. He says, let me go in and, and take those. And that will, be, that will be counted, you know, for my hire. So shall my righteousness answer for me in time to come, when it shall come for my hire before thy face. Everyone that is not speckled and spotted among the goats and brown among the sheep, that shall be counted stolen with me. It means if you see that with me, then you know. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, tell, I will, I will conf I'll fess up means it, you were stolen from. And Laban said, Behold, I would it might be according to thy word. Ah, but he's plotting. This is so treacherous. This is the man that's married to his daughters and has taken good care of them. And there's children involved. And Laban goes and he removes that day. You might be thinking, how's this connected to healing? Just stay with me, you'll see. And he removed that day the he-goats that were ring-straighted and spotted and all the she-goats that were speckled and spotted, and everyone that had some white in it, so if there's a spot, Laban has taken it out, and all the brown among the sheep, and gave them into the hands of his sons. Now he's just made the deal, and he immediately moves to rob, and takes those particular ones that were, were slotted for Jacob, and he gives them to his own sons. And then to make matters worse, he sets three days' journey between himself and Jacob, and Jacob fed the rest of Laban's flocks. Do you understand? If Jacob can't cross-breed, where's he going to get the speckled, the spotted? 
because they've already been given to his son. So he's left with a pure herd. How is, how is Jacob going to get what he needs out of that? Because like gives birth to like. So we got a problem. And Jacob took him. So Laban went into action. Now God's man's going to go into action. Jacob took him rods of green poplar and of the hazel and chestnut tree and peeled white strikes in them and made them and made the white appear which was in the rods. So he took some sticks, got a little pocket knife, and he, he peeled them. He took notches out of the bark so that you could see the white underneath. And he made them spotted and peeled. That's what the, the word says. So that the white which was in the rods would appear. And he set the rods which he had peeled before the flocks in the gutters and the watering troughs when the flocks came to drink that they should conceive when they came to drink. So if something is placed in the watering troughs, the animals are going to come with frequency. This is, this is where they keep coming back here. They need the water. And so there's a frequency that's got to occur here. And then it says, with that frequency of drinking, that they should conceive when they came to drink. And the flocks conceived before the rods and brought forth <laughs> cattle, ring-straked, speckled, and spotted. How's that possible? They're all solid-colored animals. But they're bringing forth the conditions, right? The ring-straked, the speckled, the spotted. When Jacob did separate the lambs and set the faces of the flocks toward the ring strike, so he made them look at these, these rods that had these notches in them and all the brown in the flock of Laban, and he put his own flocks by themselves and put them not onto Laban's cattle. This is the genius of God, Amen. what you're hearing right now. This is the genius of God. He did it for Jacob, and he'll do it for you. And it came to pass whenever the stronger cattle did conceive that Jacob laid the rods before the eyes of the cattle in the gutters that they might conceive among the rods. But when the cattle were feeble, he put them not in. So the feebler were Laban's and the stronger Jacob's. And then you get the outcome. And the man Jacob increased exceedingly and had many cattle and maid servants and men servants and camels and asses. As we look at the word, okay, let me just get into this. I studied this, and the Lord spoke to me one day, and I actually, I remember speaking or preaching about this during the 40-day fast. But it was, as I was reading it, the Spirit of the Lord came and gave me revelation about those rods that were notched. And all through the word, especially in the Old Testament, we are, we are given symbols that the, we get the reality of in the New Testament. And the Lord spoke to me. He said, I instructed Jacob to put those rods, those wooden rods in the watering troughs. He said, because that wood, he said, represents my cross. And he said, when they whipped me, my bones were showing. It says that in the scripture, his bones showed. Our bones are white. So when your, when your skin is, is peeled open from wounds, there's the whiteness of your bones that can show through. And Jesus was having Jacob back then, before Jacob would ever know that this was coming. This was a type and symbol of the cross of Christ and his body, which was wounded and open on that cross. And that is why when they looked and they drank out of the troughs, that God worked a miracle. Jacob didn't think that up on his own. He went into action to counter the deceitfulness of another man. And the Lord said to me, he said, when you're talking about healing tonight, I've got two different, maybe three different elements of healing that I want to bring forth. But he said, the first one, talk to them about the water of the word and looking upon the cross. Because we know... Isaiah 53, right? We've been taught he was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. The punishment, the chastisement for our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we were healed. But this is done in the realm of the Spirit. Anything that Jesus has done for us is accomplished in the realm of the Spirit. Ephesians 1.3, 
He's blessed us with all blessings in heavenly places. And it says he hath blessed us, which means it's past tense. So when we begin to talk about our healing covenant, we always talk about the water of the word, sitting with the word, and we have to look at the cross because that's where it was completed. That's where um, he was crushed so that we would spring up healed. That's where he was wounded so that we could live in peace, so that we could have our transgressions forgiven. If our transgressions are forgiven, then we don't have to be sick because sin causes sickness. But God gave us his righteousness and he gives us a righteous mind to go along with walking in divine health. And he wants us in his word. You know, when, when I had the issue with my chest, I was taught from a young age, I had a, oh, sorry, I had a lump in my chest. And I know we have new people sometimes, so I just want to say that. I had a lump in my chest, and because I knew this principle of sitting with the word and, and looking at the word and speaking the word and only allowing the word to come out of my mouth, I wasn't perfect in it, but I was taught to get that word in me, to get that word coming out of my mouth, to get those, that word of life, that eternal life coming out of my spirit, out of my mouth, so that I could walk in divine healing. And I just think that this symbolic story, I mean, it was a real story, but it symbolizes what we've been given in the New Testament that Jesus would pull and hang up on a cross and let all of his blood pour out of his body that we could walk in divine healing. But it's a spiritual flow. It's a spiritual flow. And when we're taught these things, um, I found that the mechanics of faith could do so much for me. I believed you had to have faith. But it was very much about... I got to get those verses out. I got to say a lot. I got to do a lot. It's almost like a wrestling match. And the enemy, of course, is uh, bombarding. He doesn't want us to walk in that divine healing. He does not want that. <laughs> but the more that I walk with the Lord, the more I realize it's, it's, not, it's not toil. The more I walk with him, the more I realize it's a place of peace. And it's a place of rest. Receiving your healing from the Lord is actually a place of great rest. But I didn't know that. So when I had that lump in my chest, I would take every opportunity. And I encourage, I encourage that because you're getting that word in you. But I, was, I had a lot of faith in my frequency. I had a lot of faith in this is how you get it done. And, uh, and we did. We got a lot done. We got the Lord was faithful to the word that was spoken back to him. And within a year, that, that lump left my chest and I was healed. But there's so much to this healing covenant. And as the Lord leads and guides, it's never ever meant to be hard. I, I shared with the congregation how um, I was able to get uh, healing for myself pretty easily up until I turned about 40. And I'm 48. So things just seem to slow down. What before came more like popcorn, or I knew it was on the, on the horizon, or I could feel the symptoms starting to turn back. All of a sudden, it seemed like uh, it was tougher now. Yet, I was growing more spiritually than I ever had, so I didn't understand didn't understand it. And so I got adamant. I just got more militant. You know, if the devil's tough, then you got to be tougher. You know what I mean? I'll show you kind of thing. But that's not the flow of heaven. That's not the flow of heaven. There's a sweetness in the presence of God that there's a, there's flows, that healing flows out of the realm of the spirit. And the more we get with him, the more he takes away our frantic going after it. And instead, it's like our spirit leads us into it. Now, knowing what I know now, after all the correction that he gave me, I'm so grateful. 
because my, my checklist is very different these days. And if things slow down, then I know I've got to go and sit with the Lord because it's, he's got to reveal it to me. And I, I want to walk in divine health. I don't want to get healed and then get healed and then get healed. I want to walk in divine health. So I've been asking him a lot of questions lately. And uh, since that healing came with my heart and my head, I know I shared it. I, I think most of you know. Um, this was just this past summer. Other healings are now beginning to flow. Yeah. And so I had, you know, uh, issues of sharp arthritis in my fingers. I mean, painful, like really painful. And it's drifted away. And um, I had an issue with my sleep. I'd wake, I'd sleep for a couple of hours. And um, this is recent. And I'd wake up at two in the morning. And um, I, th I thought, oh, this is fantastic. I'm going to get a prayer life out of this. I'm going to get up from 2 till 4 in the morning or 2 till 5 and go back. But when I did that, I felt terrible. I felt awful. And, and so I got uneasy about it. So I asked the Lord about it, and he said, no, you sleep. No, you sleep. You pray. And you pray other hours. You don't pray during the, that time. For your health, you sleep. And so I began to... Um, talk to it because I was starting to dread bedtime. I've always been a very good sleeper, very sound sleeper. Um, you know, I'm like Caleb. Caleb's like that. You, we hit the sack and we're out in two or three minutes. Like we're gone. Mid-sentence and we're gone. Right? But, but that dried up. That dried up. And, and it was every night. And it was a problem. And I was starting to dread going to bed. And it was like a wrestling match. And I woke up the next morning fatigued and it was horrible. I have new compassion for people with sleep problems because it's, yeah, it's dangerous actually. It's very, very dangerous. I don't think people know that because I didn't know that. Uh, and so the Lord said to me, you know what to do. Begin to speak to it. So I did, but because of what I've learned, I, I got to get into a place of rest before I speak to it. If you're listening, you'll learn something tonight. I'm not an expert, but I am striving in these areas. And uh, I, I have to get into that sweet flow where there's no fear. No fear. And so he said, you speak to that. And uh, I did. And I'm telling you, just it's so beautiful to be in a healing flow. Because within a matter of months, it took some months, but I sleep like a baby. I sleep about eight, nine hours a night, and I don't wake up. You know when you wake up, you got to go to the bathroom every night? Let me tell you, that's not the Lord. That's not the Lord. You want your body to be strong. You want your body to sleep right. We have to have authority over our temples. But we, we have to do what the Lord tells us to do. And, uh, and recently the Lord, remember I told you the Lord gave me five, six things done on my list? about, you know, that once I made the adjustments, healing would flow. Well, he added another one recently, and he said, do you know how your husband gets up and talks about how you have to discern the body? He said, there's all kinds of messages, different slants to that, and they're all right. He said, but he said, you also have to discern your physical body. And he said, if you don't discern your physical body, he said, the season of mercy is running out, he said, and you're going to deal with disease. This is the love of the Lord. I'm 48, right? Yeah, but when he said it, I felt loved. I felt protected. And I thought, Lord, when I get a chance, I'm going to tell the, the congregation that. Because we have to, there's a righteousness that we have to walk in. There's a righteousness that we have to walk in. And the Lord said to me, he said, um, I don't know why I'm doing this, not in my notes tonight, but, but the Lord said to me, he said, the world will do it a certain way. He said, and people have results. He said, but there's a flow of my spirit. He said, for those that want to keep their temple, Amen. that want to be the right weight, that want to be healthy, that want to be strong. He said, it's good to get knowledge. He said, but if you have strongholds and you have issues in that area, he said, I want to encourage you, he said, to sit with me, he said, until that flow of heaven comes out of you. 
Now, I had never heard that said. I'm sure someone out there is preaching it. But I never heard that there was a flow of heaven to keep your temple. I heard there was a flow of heaven that, to keep your temple from sinning. But, you know, not keeping our temple is sinning. It is. It's sinning. And, and there are skinny people that are sinning. You know? Uh, and there are people that are overweight that are sinning. And God's mercy is on us so more than we even realize. It's, if we're born again, his mercy is on us. He's trying to get us into divine health. And I've learned with him, you should get your blueprint from him. Because there's so much, there's so many voices, and they, most of them mean well. And a lot of them are effective, but we're also very different. And so when he says something to us, he gives us the grace and the power to do it. It's like something unlocks for us. And, uh, you know, th there was, with this, I said, well, Father, you know, <laughs> I'm being pretty transparent, but I said, Lord, I said, with this, I said, you know, I've been at this weight for a long time. And I said, you know, I've tried to move it, and I can't. I feel like I can't. Or I take off the same 10, put on the same 10. And you know what he told me to do? I'm in the process of it. So it's not my idea to be telling my church this tonight. I have to be honest. I didn't tell anybody this, even my family. But he said, this is what I want you to do. He said, I want you to sit with me every morning for half an hour. And I don't want you to do hardly anything except pray in tongues. And he said, if I give you English words, he said, speak them out. He said, but just pray in tongues. He said, because for the many years that have gone with the effort. He said, you need my strength in your spirit, man. And he said, remember in Romans 12, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. He said, if you'll take my word, sit with my word, read my word, you always read the word. That never, that's always front and center because that's the life of God. That's the truth of God. He said, if you'll sit with that and you'll pray in tongues, he said, he said, my strength will come up on the inside of you. And he said, I don't want you to grasp anymore in your mind. Do this, do that, this shake, this protein bar, this, that, this, that. I, and listen, i got to be honest with you. I see people do it, and it's effective for them. I'm not actually, like, putting down the method. I'm saying it, it's not for me because the battle for me is in the mind. You know? The battle for me is in the mind, and I know it because I, I know my mind. I know where my mind uh, has issues. And he said to me, he said, I, I'm offering you freedom. Freedom. The other way is hard because you're so engaged with your mind. He said, now I'm talking about food. For other people, it's something else. It might, that might not be it. But I'm talking about when you engage your mind so much that it's like it leaves the door open for the enemy to harass and I don't mean, it doesn't have to be full-blown torment. But there's just something about it that's just not free, not healthy, not strong, not at peace. And so the word, as we, as we look at the word, if you're struggling or you're feeling stuck in a place, I encourage you to do, you know, let the Lord lead you, but it's never going to hurt you to sit Pray in the Holy Ghost for half an hour and keep the word in front of you at the front of your day because if you get in the spirit at the front of your day, there's going to be strength for the whole day. Amen. And then there's a new day the next day, but you're walking in the spirit. Remember Pastor Nancy tells that story about, a, um, I think it was a minister that fell into sin and she had said, oh, I guess the sin overcame him. In that case, it was sexual sin. Um, and the Lord said, no, he didn't spend the first part of his day with me because he's our strength. And not only that, as you pray in tongues, he breaks things off of us. He breaks things off of us. That word in our spirit is able to nourish us so much that there's strength and we're transformed. Transformed means you're not the same at all. You're different. You don't act it, you don't look it, you don't talk it, you don't walk it, you're transformed. And so there's so many types of healing. 
You know, I know some people need to be healed from trauma. Some people need to be healed from trauma and triggers. Well, sit with the Lord. Pray in the Holy Ghost because I'll tell you right now, one of the best ways to get delivered is to sit with the Lord and pray those things out in the Holy Ghost. Because you can't, a lot of people can't get traction in the natural. They can't, they can't get a hold of it with the mind because there's such a barrage against the mind. You know, or the, the barrage can be against the body. And you can handle it that way, but this, the Holy Ghost bypasses the mind. And he sets us on a path of complete wholeness. And I, we don't want to be striving for everything out there to try to set our life in peace. Some things are good, but some things just get us on a hamster wheel. But the Word of God will never do that to you. The Word of God brings lasting freedom, lasting peace. It's good, and it changes us from the inside out. And like when I was reading this, that jumped off the page for me, that those cattle, they had to come frequently to the water. So they had to see those rods frequently. And then they gave birth. They gave birth to what they were looking at. If we're looking at the Word and we're praying in the Holy Spirit, our lives are going to birth. And I'm not saying that to be cute or trendy or try to pull something out of the Word. If we're looking at the Word, we're looking at the cross, we're looking at our covenant on a frequent basis and the water's washing us, then we're going to give birth to what we're looking at. If we're looking at the Word in freedom or healing, we're going to birth it out of our spirit. That's where the freedom is, is out of the Spirit. In this church, you're always going to hear the life of the Spirit, the life of the Spirit. I mean, it's like it's, it's constantly being said. If you listen to Pastor Nancy, she's, she says that too, but she's always talking too about skill. Yes. That's, that's like a key word with her because that's what the Spirit is emphasizing because he wants his church skillful in the Spirit because we're not skillful, so we have to do this. Or She's always emphasizing that, right? And so... Like her, we're emphasizing the walk of the Spirit because that's where everything is. That's where all the victory is. That's where all the success is. That's where the peace is. That's where the healing is, is out of the Spirit, out of that realm. So if that realm is in us, and it is, then praying up out of, that, out of the Spirit realm heals our bodies, heals our minds, heals situations. Praying up out of the Spirit. It has to come out front and center, the life of the Spirit. Because you don't want to live your life grasping for healing and feeling like you can't get it. No, you don't want the natural reach. You want to take the spiritual Word of God, you meditate in it, and then it comes and it heals your body from believing an easy flow inside your spirit man. And it's supposed to get easier. It's not supposed to get harder. Okay, my second thing I wanted to, to pull out tonight was Genesis 32, 24. And this is the story where Jacob wrestles with Jesus. And my question is, Jacob wrestles with Jesus, will you? It's a unique story. I've, I've often wondered, there's something about this that just, I don't really get it. Like, I get it, but I don't get it. And the Lord's been talking to me about it recently, gave me some revelation on it, and I wanted to share it with you. So Genesis 32, 24, it says, And Jacob was left alone, and there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. And when he saw that he prevailed not against him, this is Jesus, he touched the hollow of his thigh. In the hollow of Jacob's thigh, sorry, when the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint, as he wrestled with him. And he said, this is Jesus talking. And Jesus said, let me go, for the day breaketh. And he said, I will not let thee go, except thou bless me. This sounds inverted, don't you think? It's, you feel like it should be Jacob that says, let me go. 
and that the Lord says, I will not let you go. You know what I mean? That's what you think, but that's not what it says. And he said unto him, what is thy name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, I'm going to just say Jesus said, thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel. For as a prince hast thou power with God and with men and hast prevailed. And Jacob asked him and said, tell me, I pray thee thy name. And he said, wherefore is it that thou dost ask after my name? And he blessed him there. And Jacob called the name of the place Peniel. For I have seen God face to face and my life is preserved. So Jacob knows that this is God. I got to say, if Jesus shows up on the scene, I don't think he needs to tell you. You know, I mean, you know, this is this is a heavenly being and he says God. But he doesn't know everything and he doesn't know the name of Jesus. Right. And as he passed over Penuel, the sun rose upon him and he halted upon his thigh. So the Lord wanted me to bring out these points. Just like Jacob is wrestling with Jesus, you're going to have to do this kind of wrestling alone. Nobody can do this for you. And we're still talking about healing, okay? You're going to have to wrestle in the meditation of the word. You're going to have to set it before your eyes and refuse to let go no matter how dark it gets. Jesus, in this scenario, the Bible says he's the word. So, Je so Jacob is holding fast to Jesus. Listen, in, if you're going to read the Old Testament, you've got to know, I mean, there's so many truths there. But God did it in that situation and, and did whatever he was doing there. But it's always symbolic for us for the new covenant. Always. So here you've got Jacob wrestling with Jesus. And Jesus initiates this wrestling. Jesus came to Jacob to wrestle with him. Okay? And so he's holding fast to Jesus, who is the word. And then there's this. He wrestles with him till the breaking of the day. And that shows here in this particular case that there's time taken, quite a bit of time. Because it was dark, and he, he wrestles with him till the daybreak. And I don't know if you know anything about wrestling. It's exhausting. It's exhausting. Very skilled people know how to wrestle. But this was Jesus. And obviously, no man is a match for Jesus. So why did he not prevail against Jacob? Because that's what it says. It says that Jacob prevailed. Because he says it out of his own mouth. What is God trying to show us here in the scriptures? Jesus wanted Jacob to wrestle with him in the darkest night so that he would be proven and receive his blessing. Jesus wasn't being proven. His life would be proven when he came to earth. But Jacob was. And if you're going anywhere with God, you're going to be proven. You're going to be proven. This fight and wrestling is very symbolic and needed for us today. Jesus needs Jacob to press him, to wrestle with him, and come into the blessing. But it won't come until he contends with Jesus. He had to do this to receive the blessing. Now listen, this blessing has technically been given. He's Abraham's son. So why the wrestling match? Well, it's the same for us today. We're the sons of God. We've been given a blessing, but we're proven. And we have to press. We live on planet Earth, which means we're dealing with demons. We're dealing with sickness and disease. We're dealing with the flesh. We have to be proven. We have to press and wrestle. But this is what the Lord said to me. He said, Jacob represents our natural life and our effort. If our flesh prevails with the spirit, we will get into the blessing. He said, in this scenario, he said, what you're looking at is you're looking at the, the getting out of the flesh into the spirit, and that's where you get blessed. Yes. You're going to have to wrestle the things of the flesh, what you can see, the bombardment against the mind, the lies of the enemy, 
And you're going to have to wrestle that flesh and grab a hold of the Word of God in a wrestling match until you prevail. That's what the Lord showed me. He said, this is a picture of flesh and spirit. Flesh and spirit wrestle together. Jacob had to wrestle until he prevailed because that's the only way that he could see that blessing come to him. Anything that we do as believers in healing, you have the bombardment against the mind. You have the pain in the body. You have to take the word of God. Remember, he's grabbing a hold of the word of God. And there's a great struggle because the flesh cannot receive the things of God. You have to get into your spirit to receive the things of God. That way you can walk confident. That way as you're walking with God, it's a walk of the spirit so that you're in the know. You're not taken by surprise. You're not walking in sickness. You're not, your life's not ending in premature death because you know him. You're walking in that realm of the spirit. This so blessed me when I saw it. This story used to bother me. I used to think, well, like, then in the darkest moment, Jesus does something that causes Jacob pain. He puts his hand in the hollow of his thigh and puts his thigh out of joint. And the, the symbolic part of that is the fact that he's marked. Listen, when you prevail with God yes. and the blessing is given to you because of the effort, yeah. Yes. Yeah. that's why you're in the darkest part because the flesh has got to die. You've got to get into the spirit. Yeah. And then when the battle is on and you're, you're, you're in it, you're fatigued, yeah. God marks you. He marks you so that you walk different. You're never the same. After you've won a battle, you've, you're never the same. You're, when you've prevailed from the flesh into the spirit, it changes you completely. And it's not that you're lofty or you look down your nose at someone else, but you begin to learn the things of the spirit so much that you walk different. You, you, can't, you can't go back to the ways of the flesh when you're starting to get into that walk of the spirit. And like God says, that's where the blessing flows because right after this he goes and he sees Esau and all is well. This is the man that wanted to kill him. And then after that his family takes off. They begin to flourish. I'm not saying it's perfect. There's some things his sons did that were less than perfect but I'm saying there's, a, there's like an explosion of that family. It begins to take off. But, but he has to be proven. Now, the way I relate this to healing is that how many of us have a testimony where we were standing and we, we were just, we were going to have it. We were just spending the time with God. We're trying to put our flesh under and walk in the spirit, reading the word, speaking what the word says. That's walking in the spirit. And right before the dawning of the morning, it seems like you're in the thick of the battle. And the next thing you know, you've got that blessing. You've got it. You've manifested it because of faith in his word. It's his word that manifests it, but he needs our faith, right? right? And so we're marked by that. How many of you love to get together with your family and talk about what the Lord's done? Couldn't you just do it forever? You just could do it forever about what he's done. And it marks you. And you don't think the same. You don't act the same. And your life gets changed. And I love what he says here. He says, um, Jesus changes his name to Israel, and I love this, which means to wrestle with God. I didn't actually know that. I had learned it and forgotten it. You know what I mean? Israel means wrestle with God. What comes from wrestling with God in dark places? This is what God says. He says, says to Jacob, you're a prince, and you have power with God and with men, and you have prevailed. Wow. You are a prince. This is what God says to us when we get in the spirit. We refuse to walk after the flesh. We pray things out in the Holy Ghost. We take our healing with a spirit full of faith and full of the word of God. And he calls us princes. And we have power with God and with men. And we've prevailed. And then Jesus blesses him. Jacob recognizes he has seen God face to face. 
There's nothing like the assurance of the Spirit. It keeps coming up in my spirit to tell the congregation, the wrestling match is not to get God to hear us. It's to put the flesh down and walk in the Spirit. That's, that's what we're after. His covenant to us is that He's already given it. So having settled that, it's really the posture of coming into His presence, of knowing Him, of walking with Him. I can honestly tell you that I thought that growing up. Yes, of course you walk with God. But that was kind of here. Now it's here. It's all about the walk with God. It's all about praying it out in the Spirit. Aren't you glad you don't have to know which lever to pull? Right? Aren't you glad? Just get in the, get in the, start praying in the Holy Ghost and sit with Him and take His Word and let it wash you. And He'll lead you. He'll guide you. He'll bring healing. He'll bring the flow of heaven through your body. That's what we need. The flow of heaven through our bodies. You know? And it's so important that we're obedient to what he's telling us to do. We talk in this church a lot about causes. We, we share that not because we want anyone to ever be condemned. If you're a child of God, you shouldn't be condemned. Because even if you're falling down, the Holy Spirit will pick you up, minister to you. He's trying to get you on the right path. There's no condemnation in Him. There's correction. But there's no condemnation in Him. And He's, he's going to correct us because He wants us in that healing flow. He wants us to know what it is to walk in divine health. And I grew up you know, with lots of stories about um, miracles things that God did, but I can, and I, I'm so grateful. I, I don't have words. I'm so grateful. But the flow that I'm finding today is so valuable to me because instead of it being like sickness just shows up on your door and now you're faced with this massive thing and you hardly know what to do, it's almost more like just be obedient to the plan, get in the spirit every day, and then when he makes a, when he makes a little you know, a little check on you yeah. for an adjustment. You just make that adjustment real quick. And then you walk in that divine health. And uh, he means what he says in his word. He means what he says. If he tells us not to uh, slander our brother or not to walk in unforgiveness, then he means it. And there's a supply of the Spirit to keep us walking in forgiveness and keep us walking in love and keep us in that pathway. And just from seeing with the corrections that he gave me over the summer, the quickness of the healing that began to flow in my body and do a thing different, I just adjusted and the healing flowed. I'm so impressed, Kim. I'm so impressed that just by acknowledging uh, that I needed to make the corrections. Healing started to flow. My heart went back to a normal rhythm. Because I said to the congregation before, it was so alarming. It was so, I literally felt like, what? What's going on? Heart problems. What? what? And, and it was not just one symptom, it was five. And then as the as he began to talk to me about the adjustments because I asked him, he told me to ignore the symptoms. It was only at that point that he told me to ignore the symptoms. He said, in other words, don't do the in the name of Jesus. You, and there's, I'm not making fun of that because we take our dominion. But, but I, he said, I don't want you doing that. I want you to ignore it. In other words, it's like a, Pastor Nancy says about you know, the bell. You pull on the rope yeah. and you let the rope go, but it looks like it's still active. Yeah. Right? It's still active. But meanwhile, it's slowing down a little bit by little bit before you know it, it comes still. And he said to me, he said, I want you to ignore it from this point on. And so it's as I begin to make adjustments and just be cognitive of the fact that I'm, I'm leaning into these areas. I'm praying about the healing ministry. I'm taking more leadership. I'm, but none of it was heavy. I remember one night the, the devil said to me, he said, you don't, you don't believe that. Just by making these little things going to heal your heart? And I laughed. I said, 
I know it will. I know it will. And the symptoms would, would start to fade away, and there were still some. And because the Lord had told me to ignore it, I did completely. I ignored it. I didn't address it at all. But it was like the Lord gave me these words to say. Because I've made the adjustments. I may not be walking perfectly in them, but my whole heart is turned towards him. And you have no legal right. No legal right to me anymore. Because disobedience to the plan opens a legal door, right? And so I'm so grateful because just like he said, it just, it just went out with the tide and it's gone. Yeah. And like I said, I said to my husband, I feel like my health is springing forth. Yeah, because, but I didn't realize that I was the cause. I just thought I needed to be more adamant. I need more, I need to say more scriptures. I need to be like this because it always worked in the past. Right? But there's some that you just take the word, you speak the word. Before you know it, you see a difference and it's gone. You've got a testimony. And then there's other things where you're going to have to prevail. You're going to have to press through. And sometimes because of that, that darkness, it's because you don't know things. Right? I didn't know, and I would say it. I've, I mean, there's times I've had to repent for, for knowingly doing things wrong. But in this case, I didn't know. And so it got dark for a while. And I just thought, we're getting ready to do different works. One of our main messages is healing. So the devil's come in to try to put a stop to it. And he does do that. He does do that. But it was over a long period of time. Years were passing, and I thought, I guess I just got to pick it up. I got to pick it up. I got to pick it up. But see, even that's the work of the flesh. And I, all the healing that I've received in the last little while, I don't know if I've really done anything other than just sit with the Lord. I, I don't even really know. I've just, just gently sat in his presence and worshipped him. Yeah, it's not like I'm putting aside the word. I don't mean that I'm studying more than ever, but in terms of that militancy, are you understanding some of the things that's coming out of my heart? Like I'm trying to explain that because the Lord said to me in the midst of all that, and he, was, he sounded annoyed. He said, when did I ever make healing hard? And my mind went like back to all the times when the receiving of the healing, because it takes a moment. Or even if it's gradual, you're not doing anything. You're just feeling the results of the healing. Something's improving. And some of us, you know, know what it is to have instant. And, and then other things we feel like kind of roll away from us, you know, or lift. But he said to me, when have I ever made healing hard? And I thought, oh, my goodness. That's so true. That's so obvious. You don't make anything hard. So our faith is so precious, and we've got to feed that faith. But... He is trying to mature this church. He's talking about themes like sitting with him and not saying anything. That's mature. Or speaking in tongues, that heavenly language of another realm, and building yourself up in your most holy faith so that you can attain deliverances, things that you need. I don't know if people understand what's in your arsenal when you pray in tongues. I've got a friend who has struggled with alcoholism for years, couldn't see themselves not drinking, severe problem, good person, and comes in church one morning, praying in tongues like never before, praying in tongues, praying in tongues, praying in tongues, hours, just enjoying it, but praying in tongues. Lord, I direct my tongues towards that, praying in tongues, sits in the chair and feels that evil spirit come off of him like a little bird coming off of his shoulder, totally delivered. That's in our arsenal. I think that's, that's not hard. That's not hard. It's there's no striving. Like, I gotta get, I gotta figure this out. This, this, these are destroyers. Alcoholism comes to kill. How do you walk a righteous life if you're getting drunk all the time and you can't stop? It's not a small thing. But just by praying, just by taking the word, understanding the power, 
not, not needing to go into weepings and, and, and deep transgressions because the enemy's always trying to take the word of God and add labor to it. He's always trying to make it hard. Always hard. It's got to be hard, but it's not. And it's, yeah, just praying, praying in the Holy Ghost, praying in the Holy Ghost, simple, laboring away, you know, in the sense of doing it, but it wasn't hard work, just, just doing it. And they told me it was not sensational, didn't feel any deep, you know, rivers, praying in tongues, praying in tongues, and then didn't even expect it. It was just on the list of things that needed to be dealt with and came into church. It wasn't the message. Not that you could see. It didn't seem like the message. They came into church. That thing broke and came off. It's beautiful. The healing is not hard. It's a flow of the spirit. And I, I want, if you get nothing out of this tonight, then go away and acquaint yourself with the spirit, with the practice of praying in tongues, because that's a flow. That's a river. That's easy. And then I, I do this too. I don't just pray in tongues. If something's particular that I'm praying about, and it often is, then I just get in the spirit about that. And I know those tongues. You understand those tongues are perfect language. Like on earth, we are given a language. Some of us have more than one because you're awesome. As <laughs> simple as that. You're awesome. But we get one, at least one. That's this realm. So we get into understanding and things like that, and we navigate this realm. But tongues is the perfect realm where no mistakes are made, where you're accessing his intelligence. It's not even you coming up with the thoughts. You know why the devils attack tongues? To have people that can get in the spirit. Listen, I was telling somebody about this, and I'll, I'll end in a few minutes. There's this lady by the name of uh, Jackie Pullinger, I think is her last name. And I just ordered the book again. I had read it years ago, and it so blessed me. It's called Chasing the Dragon. It sounds like a Bruce Lee movie. <laughs> Remember those in the 80s? Never mind. Anyway, uh, <laughs> we used to love them. Um, but anyway, um, Chasing the Dragon. She was uh, a girl from the States that just got it in her heart. It was the Lord. Got it in her heart to go to Hong Kong um, and to the opium dens where people's lives were being destroyed by the millions. And uh, especially young boys. They're getting in trouble like street urchins kind of thing, not enough money, running with rough crowds, and they'd get hooked on these drugs. And uh, she didn't have a clue in the world what to do. She just knew to go. And God led her very simply. She got the first kid, a young teenage boy, and just began, got him baptized in the Holy Spirit, and then made him pray for hours. She just made him just pray, just pray. And she was with him, and he came off the drugs, miraculously came off the drugs. And so this idea kind of came up in her heart that if she could get these boys and make them, get them filled with the Spirit, just make them pray in tongues, that freedom would come. And she got, got so many of them free. And then what happened is there's this circle of boys, and she gets a boy's home for them, and all of it's messy. There's no backing organization. She's a young lady with boys, and it's messy. But she, she would not give up. And so once she got several of them free, they formed this little community. And so they would go out and get one and bring them in and stay with them because they're strung out. They're strung out, and sometimes they'd have one stand in front of the door so they couldn't get out, and they're praying for tongues, praying in tongues for hours. And then that person would get free. It was like something would happen and they'd get free. And I remember when I read this years ago, it really, it impacted me because that's pretty amazing. Like you can't get free like that, <laughs> but you can. You know what I mean? Like you, there's a process and a lot of people never get free because that demon is just there. Some people get free because it's a habit and others have a demon just driving it. You know, you have some people that kick addiction and you have others that just keep returning to the same vomit. Pardon my graphic use of that word. But, but that's because there's devils involved. 
But she was dealing with all kinds. She got them free. They're praying in the Holy Ghost. And I, I would say as much as uh, a lot of us have gotten answers, that we need more. We need more healing. We need more deliverance. We need to be able to show others how to do it. You know, and, and I think one of the major ways is just remembering that Jesus never made healing hard. He took the hard part. But the flesh drives against the spirit. So let's be spiritual. Let's pray much in the Holy Ghost. Let's not let things uh, fall down because they've been a struggle for some years. It doesn't matter. We have to, we have to pick it back up. You have to pick it back up and not accept sickness and disease or habits that are destructive. And the Holy Ghost is waiting for us, but he's got a place for us to come into. And he wants, remember, there's a transformative process that the Word talks about that we have access to. And we know in areas we definitely need transforming. We need that freedom. And we're, we're involved in praying in revival. We're praying in a more manifested presence so that things can come quicker. Right? So things can be done en masse. So that many lives can be affected. And he's going to come. He's going to do it. But he loves us and he cares about our needs, each and every one of us. He cares if we're feeling sick. He cares if there's defeat. He cares if there's addiction and problems. And remember, his word says the weapons of our warfare, they're not carnal. They're not fleshly weapons. They're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, to, the, to pull it down and just jump on it, destroy it, trample it. That's what he wants us to know. That's what, how he wants us to live. And so if you're sitting here and you've been around the mountain 50 times, don't give up. Don't give up. God's got answers for your particular set of problems. He's got answers. He died to give us those answers. He died. He's trying to educate us in our spirits so that we can attain those things and walk in freedom and not be plagued, not be bound, not have a lack of peace because that's our inheritance. Father, I thank you for their hearts tonight. Lord, I hope it came out half, <laughs> at least half of what I had in my heart. Lord, I just, I want to bless them. You're doing a lot in my life right now, Father God, and you're, you're cleaning things out and changing things and bringing revelation, and I so appreciate it. But Father, I thank you that as the word went forth tonight, Lord, let it land. Let them not be defeated, Lord, in their lives. Let them rise up on the inside. Let them know you never made healing hard. You have a pathway of peace and healing and divine health for them to walk in, Father. Great, great is the inheritance you've given us. Great is the healing you've provided to the uttermost, Lord God. As far as the curse is found, Lord, you have provided freedom with your blood. So, Father, we thank you for those symbols in the word. We thank you that we could see, Lord, with Jacob, Father, as that symbol of the cross went into the water, Lord, and eyes were on it, Father. There was a conceiving of what they could see so, Lord, we remind ourselves that as we continue to look at the Word, to keep our eyes on the Word, to drink and to have our eyes fastened on the cross and what you've provided and what your Word says, Father, that that will bring us into a place of deep healing. But, Father, we also realize that there are times, Lord, when we must prevail in dark places, that we must push through, Father, till we get in the Spirit. And then we are blessed. Father, you said that we're blessed when we prevail that way, that you change our name. And there is a wrestling, but it's, it's the symbol was that they were wrestling together, Father. But you showed me, Father God, that it was the flesh trying to get into the spirit. It was Jacob hanging on to the word. And Father, we have to hang on to the word, not in a desperate way, but to fully integrate it into our lives, Father, to make it first. And as we do, Father, <laughs> we will prevail and that blessing will be seen. That blessing will come. It will water everything. It will be seen. It will nourish everything. It will nourish us mind, body, spirit. 
It will nourish every part of our lives, Father God. And that's what we're after. A glorious church. A glorious church. Without spot or wrinkle. Full. Full of the healing and health of God. Washed by the blood. Cleansed. Powerful in spirit. Growing up from the milk into the meat. Understanding the weapons of our warfare. Walking in righteousness. Being led by the spirit. So important. All of these, Lord, nothing can be left out. And yet, Father, we thank you. In you, there's rest. There's peace. Because you never make anything difficult. You took the difficult part. Now, Father, I thank you that this word goes into their hearts tonight. They're encouraged. And, Father, let them go and let them be lifted higher in the word by your spirit. In the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. Amen.